Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Thomas Jelmy about command and control versus lead and care leadership approaches to meet the needs of your people. Thomas Jelmy, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you with me today. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. Uh, we are going to be talking about stuff that I, I know is really uh, at the core of your work and something I'm also very passionate about, and that is uh, effective approaches to leadership and facilitating growth uh, among your people within organizations. We're, we'll be exploring more specifically command and control leadership styles and how that and contrast that with uh, soft skills of effective leadership and why they're essential to be able to lead your people and organizations to success. As we get started, I wanted to share Thomas's bio with everybody. For almost two decades, Thomas has been an executive coach, facilitator, and sparring partner supporting leaders and teams in their development at various levels and in numerous industries. He focuses on developing personal and interpersonal competence in leadership, teamwork, and customer contact. For his practice, he draws on an extraordinary biography with exciting milestones, including a seven-year employment at the former Swiss Air, in the worldwide leadership and training of cabin crew, and in contact with international customers at 30,000 feet. He experienced firsthand how important a high level of personal and interpersonal competences for effective human interaction. Additionally, he has many years of professional experience in various management positions and as a team leader and trained caregiver in accidents and other extreme situations. Based in Switzerland with a home near Zurich, Thomas works with people all across Europe and regularly in North America, Africa, Asia, and Australia. His clients include global corporations as well as SMEs and private individuals. Thomas, again, it is wonderful to have you with me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. I love your international background and the flavor that you bring to the dialogue today. Uh, and I'm jealous uh, of, of where you're at. I love to travel and, and Zurich is one of those places I haven't been to that I want to go to. Uh, so maybe when this pandemic is over and traveling opens back up, I will make it my way out your direction. Yeah, please do. It's a beautiful place. It's like a little garden, very, very well kept. Just make sure you bring your credit cards. Pretty expensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's true. Um, I have uh, spent time in Switzerland and a beautiful country. Uh, you know, su such a, a I, I love traveling around Europe. And uh, I, I've worked uh, in Geneva for a time. A wonderful place to be. I need to make it out your direction, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Come on over. <laughs> yeah, and I'm jealous of all your, your international uh, work in this space. 
Uh, it's something that I spend a lot of time and attention on as well, both from the academic um, kind of orientation and the research that I do, but also from a practitioner orientation. And uh, that's going to be the focus of our conversation today. And I, th I think starting with what you define as this command and control approach to leadership, let's start there, define a little bit about what you mean by that for our listeners, and, and then we can get into why that's a problem and what we can do about it. All right. Well, let me start off with uh, by saying that I didn't invent the term, right? Command and control as a leadership approach is something that was or that, had, that has its origin in the industrial age, right? And um, has been a classic, traditional uh, way of leading people for decades, for a very long time. Uh, but things have changed, right? The environment in which we lead today has changed completely. We live today in a, in a VUCA world, VUCA being an acronym uh, that describes the, the four main challenges that organizations and leaders in organizations uh, have to face uh, nowadays. V standing for volatility or an increasing speed of change that we all experience. U standing for uncertainty things become more and more uncertain. We cannot plan anymore uh, long-term. C for complexity and A for ambiguity. So that's the environment in which we lead today. In this environment, you cannot you know, tell people what to do because as a leader, you, you're often not even able anymore to uh, decide what needs to be done, to know and understand what needs to be done. But the people at the front, working you know, at the front lines, uh, um, know how to do the job. So empowerment is the word, giving more, more responsibility and accountability downwards in hierarchy, flattening the hierarchy. And you know, when, when organizations used to need people who did what they were told to do, now, today, and in the future, organizations need people who do what they're not told to do who think for themselves, you know, on their own initiative, who, who drive the change, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so what I, what I say is that command and control doesn't need to be erased completely from the leadership repertoire. It is still valid in some situations, crisis, for example, where directive leadership is required, um, or, or if somebody, you know, is, is new to the job and needs, needs a lot of direction, right? That's fine. But generally, as a general leadership approach, it, it is outdated and needs to be replaced by something that I call, instead of command and control, lead and care. Lead and care. Why? Because... You know, it doesn't matter whether you're in the B2B business, business to business, or, or B, uh, B2C, business to consumer. It's always H to H. It's human to human. It's human beings who run the organizations, who uh, tend to the needs of the customers, et cetera, et cetera. So the leadership core aspects are not digital. They're analog. <laughs> And, and, and it's, it's a lot about, you know, showing the human side of, uh, of leadership. And there's this great uh, quote I, I, uh, I love to, uh, to use in this regard. It's by Teddy Roosevelt, who said, 
People don't care how much you know before they know how much you care. And that's really what, what leading and caring is. And you mentioned soft skills or soft skill approach. Can we replace this by essential skills? Because that's what yeah, they really are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I really, really love that. So you're absolutely right. There, there is a time and a place for command and control. And when you look at the history of the Industrial Revolution uh, and Fordism and the assembly line and like some of those elements, right? It, it kind of makes sense where this came from. And there's still a time and a place for it. But you're absolutely right that the knowledge-based economy, uh, the technology-enhanced and driven economy requires us to, to be more flexible and agile. And so this lead and care approach that you're describing is absolutely essential. Are there times we're going to slip into command and control? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, but if, sure. if, that, if that's our predominant mode where we're always um, in, in that kind of a mindset and we're always basically just trying to, to, to beat people into compliance and get them to do what we say, then we are shooting ourselves in the foot mm -hmm. as an organization. We're not going to be innovative. We're not going to be creative and we're not going to, we're not going to leverage the greatest asset that we have at our disposal mm -hmm. to, to drive a competitive advantage. And that is the human uh, capital in our organization, the collective genius of our people. And if we don't leverage that, we, we're going to be at a huge disadvantage in the marketplace. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? This being said, we also have to be careful not to now shift towards the other extreme, you know, and everything has to be agile now and only coaching skills are applied in leadership and you have to lead uh, by questions rather than giving direction. So I notice, I observe that some are really going into the other extreme now and uh, almost with a, yeah, as I said earlier, command and control needs to be erased from the equation uh, approach, which is, is also, you know, not, not effective. So the, the, the key skill or the, the essential skill to be developed for leaders nowadays is ambidextrous leadership which means both hands, using both hands, using the command and control hand when it's appropriate, when it's necessary, and when it's effective or needed, and using the other hand, which is a more agile and more coaching uh, approach in leadership, and knowing when to use which hand. Well, right, and that comes back to uh, what has been defined as situational leadership, right? Um, yeah. That they're, they're simply our leadership approach depends on the context we find ourselves in. So, you know, depending on the situation, depending on the people around us, depending on the strategic goals, uh, all of these different components that will dictate what we need to do in the moment. So I, I must admit, if, if we're talking about spectrum, like I'm, I, my bias is like, let's be further along the lead and care side of the spectrum <laughs> than the command and control side of the spectrum. Understanding though, that there are times where we have to reach into our toolkit and write, oh, yeah. pull out oh, the, the different tools that are necessary for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's what I uh, do with my clients. I help them enlarge their repertoire, their behavioral repertoire, you know, 
so that you can command and control, but you also are able to uh, apply other leadership styles. And an analogy I, I often use is the leader, is the one of a leader being like a gardener. So if you imagine your team or your department or your organization is a garden and you have a, quite some biodiversity in the garden, various plants, uh, and your goal is to make this garden a thriving, flourishing, beautiful garden. Now, given the biodiversity that you have, not every plant needs the same to flourish. And your, your goal or your task is to, first of all, know your plants, know who's in the team, know them well and know their core competencies, their qualities, their needs also. What, what does each plant need to flourish? And then provide the conditions for them to bring out their best. That's what leadership is all about, right? Um, and, and many leaders just water the garden. They, everybody gets the same amount of water, fertilizer, sunshine, shadow. Yeah, and some thrive. Yes, some do. And some don't. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Right. Yeah, so your, your point around personalized attention and, mm. and responding to the personalized needs of your people is so, so important. Uh, and, and just like leaders have different styles, your people have different styles, they have different needs, they have different motivators and drivers. Uh, and so if I take a one size fits all approach uh, to my people, chances are I'm gonna miss the mark more often <laughs> than not, right? Because, because our people aren't a monolith. So, so we, can, we, we do tend to talk in general terms. And when I do research, you know, I'm doing like big data research and I, I talk in terms of aggregate data and I talk about, um, you know, kind of more generalizable outcomes and, and findings. That's great. That's helpful. That serves a role. But we always, when we're in the trenches in an organization leading our people, we have to be able to, there, there's no substitute for just knowing the, each individual person 
and what they need to be successful. Understanding their capacities, their competencies and capabilities, understanding where the gaps are and what growth needs to happen for them to achieve their potential, and then supporting them in the way that's going to be helpful to them in order to, exactly. to reach it, right? Exactly. And, you know, <laughs> the question really is, who comes first? Who needs to be uh, tended to first? Now, this is a quote by Richard Branson, who I admire, um, who said, customers don't come first your employees come first. Because if you take good care of your people, they will take good care of your customers automatically. You don't even have to do anything. Now, I take this one step further by saying your employee don't come first. You come first. You as a leader come first. Now, this may sound egocentric or egoistic, right? At first, or selfish, and it is up to a certain point because what it means is that as a leader, you can't pour from an empty glass, right? You need to be in a good position, in a good relationship with yourself. You need to stand on stable ground, right? Have a, a secure base from which you operate. Be in good balance, you know, Take care of your own rest. Ensure you don't, you're not operating from a hyper aroused, stressed out position all the time, because then you're a bad gardener, really. Right? So, and, and <laughs> this makes me understand, you know, the more and more, uh, uh, the longer I work in this, in this, in this domain, that leadership development is personality development more than anything, right? How can, be, how can you be a visionary leader? How can you inspire others? And how can you also be there for others, either in front of them, you know, to protect them, beside them to, you know, hold their hands when necessary, help them, you know, or stand behind them to have their back when you are not in a good, you know, balance, in, in a good, in a good uh, mode and good state yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So self-care is super important. I, mm. I, I think about it um, in terms of this pandemic, you know, everything we've been talking about, I think has, is, has relevance outside of our current context. Um, you know, we, we could have had the same conversation over a year ago yeah. and mm. it would have, it would have <laughs> been just as relevant, but given Given the, the 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 current context and everything that people have been going through for this past year, I think this lead and care approach is even more essential yeah. today than it was over a year ago. And and this idea of self care <clears throat> is uh, even more important because I, I think about the pressures and the challenges that leaders face day in and day out, um, yeah. the, the weight that's on their shoulders in the best of circumstances. Now you layer on top of that all this COVID stuff and, and, and flipping the switch and moving into virtual work and trying to like connect with your people and meet their needs and understanding that your people have their stresses and their anxieties and they're struggling with working from home and dealing with interruptions with their kids and like all that stuff, right? That everyone's yeah. dealing with. We have to remember that leaders have been dealing with the same stuff. <laughs> exactly. Right? But, exactly. Yeah. But they not only have to worry about themselves, they have to worry about all their people too. Right. And so 
So what that means for each of us when we're leading our organizations is if, if we're not looking out for ourselves and we're not practicing mm. self-care, who else is doing it for us? Mm. And yeah. probably, probably nobody. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if we have a really great executive that we, we report to, maybe we have someone looking out for us. But most of the time, that's going to fall on us to make sure that we're getting the sleep we need, that we're exercising, we're eating right, we're, we're, we're doing all the different self-care elements to make sure that we're taken care of. So like you said, we're not pouring from an empty vessel. We're not going to be in a situation where we can help our people if we're not in a good place ourselves first. Yeah, yeah. And you're so right, John. This, everything we're talking about has already been true and relevant uh, for, for decades. I've been talking about this for, for years and decades. And now COVID is an amplifier. You know, it amplified everything. It's a catalyst. It's, uh, in some ways, uh, a great change manager, so to speak. And now it really becomes obvious how important these aspects are. Um, what we have, though, is an additional layer of challenge and complexity because now all of these essential skills have to be applied in a virtual setting. So connecting with your people, being there, listening, building the relationships, maintaining the relationships, also under difficult conditions when pressure and workload goes up, cannot happen at the water boiler or at the coffee machine or over lunch anymore. So it doesn't happen naturally. It has to be initiated. It has to be uh, driven as well, in addition to self-care. So it's really, really challenging. And in some way, I often... Uh, compare leaders uh, to athletes, to top athletes. It's also about high performance. But if you look at top athletes, it seems logical that they take good care of their rest, right? They are not in high performance mode 24-7, and nobody would expect this from a top athlete. But from leaders, from managers in organizations, you would expect that. Why? Why? So there's quite some paradigm shift uh, needed as well. Yeah, I, well, I think that's right. I, when you were talking about uh, premier athletes, the first person that comes to mind for me is Michael Phelps. So mm -hmm. Olympic swimmer, uh, yeah. I can't remember if he's the, 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 the winningest gold medal recipient of all time or not, but he's close if he's not. Um, you think about like the amount of work that he puts in to taking care of himself and making sure that he's a fine-tuned machine versus like all that preparation versus the actual time in a swim meet when he's doing a race. Like the yeah. race is like a minute and 30 seconds. <laughs> so the, 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 the amount of time that he's expected to be at peak performance in relation to all the preparation and all the extra you know, effort that goes on behind the scenes is, is quite small. And you know, maybe th that ratio isn't quite the same in leadership, but you're absolutely right that we, that we have, we have moments where we have to be on, we have to be ready because it's, it's, it's challenging. It's intense. We're having those difficult conversations with our people. We're, you know, we're dealing with those sorts of things, but there's going to be time behind the scenes that we have to invest in ourselves and our development and our own care. Otherwise, uh, when the time comes for us to step up to the plate, you know, so to speak, and, and really 
be ready to deal with those really challenging, difficult things, uh, we're probably not going to be up to the challenge. It's just yeah. the, just the nature of it. It's the, it's the way we work yeah. as human beings. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, and just, just one little thing I'd like to add here. You know, there's also pros to uh, the home office setting. And I often tell people, hey, now in a home office environment, it's a great opportunity for you to take a nap after lunch. You know, or go for a walk. Go for a 20 minutes walk and then take a 10 minutes nap and then approach the afternoon and see what's different. Yeah, absolutely. I Small things. Small, mm. small things. And it doesn't take a lot of time, like you said. It can, mm. be, it can be a five-minute stretch and walk break. Yeah. It can be, you know, 10 minutes of meditation. It can be practicing uh, deep breathing for 30 seconds between Zoom right. meetings. <laughs> right. It's so many yeah. small little things. I'm a big, anyone who listens to my podcast regularly knows I often talk about my walks with my dogs. I live next to yeah. a park. I walk my dogs twice a day at least. Um, and it doesn't need to be a long walk, but I, I want to get out. It's good for them. It's good for yeah. me. It recenters me. It just helps me get back in tune. And like, I, I, I could just be nose to the grindstone, focusing, sitting at my computer, working all day. Of course. But mm. if you, you know, you're not going to convince me that that's going to be more productive <laughs> than if I take time to actually. Oh, you know, I won't even try. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Thomas, it has been a real pleasure. This time has just flown by. We could keep uh, going and going. So perhaps I could have you back on another time. We can continue the conversation. But before we close today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about what you're up to, and give us the last word on the topic for today. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so the best way to connect with me is uh, really through social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, or through my website. You'll also find information there uh, about my book that came out two years ago with the title Breakthrough. I highly recommend this uh, for leaders who want to, you know, have a breakthrough and break through to the next level of their uh, development. Excellent. Well, I, I encourage leaders and listeners to reach out, get connected with Thomas, find out more about what he can do for you. Check out his books, check out... Uh, all of the things that he does with his organization and the coaching that he does. Uh, and as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. 
We look forward to having you join us.